check, check. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, look, don't look too nervous, buddy. We got another fire one right now. Yeah. This is <laughs> you hear that clicking and the clacking in the background. You know we on ground level. Yeah, yeah, we on yeah, we on ground level, man. I've been waiting on this episode. Yeah, me too, man. I've been waiting on. This I really episode. have been, man. How you feeling, Gibbs? I'm feeling very good, man. Yo, dope. How you feeling, Doug? Feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah, <laughs> That's man. dope, we, man. We got looking super forward special to guest. Well. Super, man. super special yeah, guest, man. man. Doug motherfucking Brown, man. Early pioneer from the Hudson Valley with Yo. this, and you know, you've been doing this. We just spoke real briefly, man. You've been running the brand for almost 20 years, man. Yes. Yeah. It's milestone shit, man. It really is, dude. It really is. Like to keep your boots on the ground with this shit, that's a lot, man. That's dedication. Be really. ni- nineteen years in October. To be exact. <sighs> to be exact. And counting. And counting. Hopefully, we'll make it to twenty. That's it. That's man. dope. We man. Need that twenty, man. Yeah. That two decades right there. Yeah, bro. Got to a big party. Yeah. Some Rick James shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> <Shit. laughs> <laughs> 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 so it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 20 years. 20 man. years. Man. Almost 20 years. 19, but almost 20. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. If you guys don't know who we have on the show right now yeah. when we're talking. We're talking about Second Nature. We're talking about Doug Brown. Yeah. The resume, the knowledge of skateboarding business is extensive, it's extensive bro. Man. Super extensive, bro. You, you, mm-hmm. people don't know. Yeah. Do people? People don't know like the history that you've done, really, like as far as your filming career and stuff. Yeah. Either, right. I don't know. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't find out. Okay. I did not. Like up until a couple years ago. I did not. As many times as I've been around, skated with you, talk shit, I didn't know. So when people start saying shit, I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, for real? So I need to be schooled on some of that early stuff, man. Like, I don't know if you want to start with that. No, I want to. I kind of want to start. Like, well, before that, right? Yeah, like the introduction yeah. to skateboarding. Yeah, you know, we were real. just talking real quick about, you know, your first entry into this stuff and Henry and Skate Shop. And sure. what got you on this path, man? Yeah. Um, you want to start from the very beginning? Yeah, very beginning. As much as you remember. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot, we started skating in 1993. Okay. Um, Best years. My friend in Long Island was skating, and I started skating with him, and then Brian hopped on right away and wanted to skate with us. Going right out. I remember, like, we, we would skate down the street, and, like, you know, be, me being four years older than him. Mm-hmm kind of wanted him to come but kind of didn't want him to come at that time because i was like 14 and he oh, was 10 okay. you know so it was like a race if he could push fast enough to keep up with us for a straight street block he could yep. come with us <laughs> and, and he did so he was he, he was test. he was there since since day one to That's you know, skating with us yeah so shortly after you got your first board brian got his too yeah that's dope man dope. Yeah. That's dope. and, and who's, a, who's a big brother I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he yeah. may be. I don't know. Is he taller than you right now? No, no. I've oh, always okay. been taller than Brian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen him in a little bit. I talked to him uh, about a month ago, though. Yeah, yeah I remember he told me that, man. Yeah. He told me that. Yeah. Very integral part in his career as well, man. I know that for a fact. 
I don't, I kind of wanted to figure out how that worked. You know what I mean? Like, because you're a great skateboarder. Yeah. You know what I mean? All but right. you decided to just pursue the camera. So, like, how did you fall into that? Sprained my ankle 17 times in high school. Damn. And so every time I'd sprained my ankle, I still wanted to go skate. So I ended up filming a lot. Um, and I didn't feel like I was as good as everyone else. And so, I don't know, I just like filming. So it kind of came naturally. Gosh, and you guys did, like, your own videos and stuff, right? Like locals stuff? I was always bad at putting stuff out, so I never really made my own videos. I kind of contributed it to everyone everyone else's. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, like, so let me, because from, I'm picking up from where I first met you guys. So I yep. met you guys, like, 96, maybe, Avalon, 97. Yeah. And you had yourself, Brian, Ben, Jake. James. Um, James. Chris Walsh. Eric Eufer. That, that was, was pretty much that the was crew. That was like the 914 crew right yeah, there. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd say so. Got you. And you guys are all in the same area at that time? So Jake was in Chappaqua. Ben was in Mount Kisco. Brian and I grew up in Pleasantville. Um, Eric Eufer was down in White Plains. And then obviously there were more people, but I would say that was like kind of like the really tight-knit crew. Chris Walsh was in Peak Skill. James Crosby was in Peak Skill. Gotcha. Now, yeah. did you guys all meet because of Newburgh, or you guys met like street skating somewhere? Because all those towns sound pretty spread out, so that's what I'm kind of like. They are, yeah. Skating, in the, back then, it was like, you know, you grew up, there was like one kid in your high school that skated. Exactly. You know, so you were obviously friends with them. Yep. One kid in this high school, one kid in that high school. Um, I'm trying to remember how we met. Could have been Skating White Plains Underground we met. Could have been Newburgh. Okay. You yeah, know. White Plains Underground was that shit. If you saw someone skating three blocks away, you, like, you would chase after him at yeah. that point. Yep. You hey, know? yo. <laughs> yep. Hold up. Whoa, whoa. Over here. Yep. What was uh, <laughs> your first introduction to like a street spot, like street skating? Like, what was the first thing that got you hyped on skateboarding? Like, what was that? Man, I guess going back to the days of Long Island, um... My friend Brian would took us skating one day, and there was like a all these obstacles set up behind a supermarket, and that was like my first taste of seeing people actually do kickflips and really skating. Gotcha. You know, and that's where you're like, this is what I want to do. And yeah, is, and the nineties. This is early nineties. Early nineties. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. dope. But I, I didn't want to go back too far. But as far as like the filming and stuff like that. You basically like fuck it. You're, you're getting injured. You're spraining your ankles all the time through skating. I assume, right? Mm -hmm. You're filming, so you like focusing on what everybody else is doing. You like capturing it. Is mm -hmm. there a certain camera you were using at the time? Um, were you editing, or were you just recording straight up? I mean, my aunt had this big VHSC camera, and so I lugged that thing around. And big you know, chunk. Brian, you could tell was yeah. good at the time. So you know, it was just about like you wanted to film. Your friends, just like everyone has an iPhone now to film it. Yeah. For us, it would take a suitcase instead of a phone in your pocket to no to film someone. Did that ever turn um, into anything? Did oh, filming ever? Yeah, so I went filming, um, and then he's going down real, to the city. He's gonna be real humble about it. First I got know. a digital camera through this guy Brendan, who was making a video. He was like a f he was like an event producer, and he gave me a. a a, a mini DV camera and he set up a fibro trip we went on a fibro trip through the northeast that's dope um, 
What year and then I had this? that little little Hi8 camera that like all that Newberg footage was like blurry because yeah. it was like the autofocus was off <laughs> and the manual focus. I don't know if it worked or if I just didn't know what I was doing back then. What year is all this when you talk about the five borough trip? That was later. That was after okay, Newberg. Was that was probably like late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I was filming at Newberg like when I first met you guys. Yeah. I had that little, that little was it high eight camera well, i guess focus just wasn't working. yeah yeah but that's like raw footy right there man super raw yeah mm-hmm. yeah that i gotta repost i posted on the tree account but i gotta post it on the no doubt the park account I like watching all did you ever yeah. get into editing the footage that you recorded yeah. or yeah i would edit um i guess i started working for the creators in pleasantville doing wedding shoots and other companies like that and then I started learning Premiere and Final Cut and then decided to go to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do going to school, so I just went to business for the first two years and then I transferred to Emerson to do film. And you know, I remember taking like an After Effects class and I already knew After Effects because I learned it on Linda, Lynda.com mm-hmm. and made like <laughs> these little little videos, you know? <laughs> school is, I don't know, school's I, another topic, but yeah, it yeah, felt like unless you're going to be a doctor, don't bother. Don't bother That's right. the way I look at school but for see, kids nowadays, you know, or something of that nature. Yeah, I feel like, I know a little bit about your history. I don't want, we're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. But I know that by you going to school that led you to meet other people yeah yeah and i think that's one of the things that people do get out of school is a good experience and friends because you you went from like there's something to be said for one major city to like another major city and then yeah but again it was like skating was like what skating was who made my friends your friends Yeah. yeah it wasn't school i had very few friends in in college as well like all my friends were skaters yeah, you know yeah. went out skating and that's who you hang out with and who I became friends with mostly so I'm gonna speed it up man since we're talking about the filming and stuff man let's let's talk about it so 97 98 you're about to graduate I'm assuming yep graduated close? high school 98 all right so you're yep. about to leave New York did you go right to Boston yep you went right to Boston right yep and in Boston you started filming like Jerry Fowler so Boston, the, when I first got up there, I didn't have a camera for two years. And I was just skating with, like, Mikey Cohen, DJ Katrona, basically people that, like, younger kids that I met. And then after about a year or two there, I met Pete Gardini and Ryan Damien. And then those guys kind of introduced me to everyone else. Gotcha. I remember, like, everyone was going skating. They were all on the tee. And there was this one spot at, was it Hemingway Hall? I forget, but there were these benches, and like everybody, Joey Pepper and all those guys were, were going, and they, yeah. you know, me and my friend Mikey were skating the benches. Gotcha. You know, that was the first time I had like sort of met everyone. Gotcha. You know, and or they knew who I was, and then and you were just skating. Bro. Like you I was just skating. Yep. That's dope. Yep. And then realized I wanted to do video work, and then I was able to get my dad to split the cost of a VX2000 with me. That was kind of his thing. He goes, you work hard enough to pay for half of it, and I'll pay yeah. for the other half. Because, you know, it was $2,000 back then. Yeah. It was a lot of money. It's like $4,000 now yeah. or something. You know, maybe not like that much. Most, one of the most sought-after cameras right now. Yep. Um, and then once I got that, you know, I just started filming with everyone more. You know, I had been skating with those guys a little bit, but not as much. Like. And then... And then Roger Bagley got a camera at the same time. 
Actually, That's well, I guess he was filming a little bit before me, but he didn't have the best camera. Gotcha. And I got a good camera, and then I think he got a better camera, too. That's right, but him and I were the filmers back That area, then. right? Yep. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know you film a bag. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I'd hang out with Roger and Jerry. We're really good friends. So I'd skate with them a bunch. That's dope. What were um, some of the most <coughs> memorable clips that you've seen, like you've caught? In Boston? Yeah, in Boston. Well, per- like, per se, I would say that. Uh, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is Joey Pepper's nolly heel back tail. That would have been a 4-on-1 opener and I would have got paid well for, but ended up going to the aesthetics video because that's where he wanted it. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Is this, the, is this the one that off the kicker? No, it was the, um, or the, the ledge summer, Somerville high ledge. I could probably just think of that because I was watching that clip the other day. That's dope. Um, but yeah, all the Zared footage. I don't know if one could really stand That's, out. So this is another. You know, this is another topic of, we can go to. Like Zared's hill bomb was probably what, if anyone thinks of me in filming, I would think of that the most. Do you revisit a lot of your footage that you that you film? I've watched it over the years, and now lately Brian just digitized it all. So That's you know, I'm starting to watch it more and figure out how to post it and figure out if I'm just posting it for vanity or if there's like a way to post it and capitalize yeah, on getting yeah. more traffic to our web store and make keeping this NFT. place going you know <laughs> yeah that sounds like a dope idea though what's that like how are you talking about like taking it? yeah digitizing no not the nft thing yeah the, uh, like taking that old footy digitizing it you know what I'm saying and then trying to create a lane where you could bring more traffic, introduce people to yeah. you know the, history. the history of what you've done. Yeah, I think done. there's something good for the history, and then I just think there's also something where it doesn't matter what you did in the past, it matters what you're doing now. Um, and uh, not to focus on it too much, I guess, to keep you creating gotta, this stuff. You acknowledge yeah. some of the highlights of your No, I think it's important journey. to have everything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I agree for with sure. that. You know. So let me ask you this, man, because you mentioned Zared, so... You know, he's like New England area. But you've also met like the the younger generation at that point. If you were around like the older guys of that area, you've actually saw the younger ones like Zared at the time, Eli, you probably mm-hmm. saw PJ, mm-hmm. Ryan Gallant. Yep. Like, yep. PJ would film with another, I forgot his name right now, um, the Coliseum filmer though. So PJ, would, PJ was very... Um, I don't know. He's just always been how he is. Very like standoffish. Yeah. You know, very quiet. Gotcha. So I only filmed with him like a couple times. Did I remember. You, yeah. Good. You filmed them all too, right? Mm-hmm. Damn. Um, what's your take between like Boston and Philly, like two big you know cities on the East Coast? Like, yeah. If you had to choose a city, which one would you choose for skate for skate scene? I never went to Philly much, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna just have to say Boston. Boston. Okay. But you know. I wouldn't be a very good person at uh, answering that since I've never really spent much time in Philly. I got you, but you Only take two or three trips. But you take Boston over New York. Boston over New York. Oh man, that's a tough one. I mean, New York's so much bigger, but the cool thing about Boston was it was a tighter scene, a smaller city. You know, it kind of had like that White Plains feel. Yeah. It's like a mu- much smaller city. Yeah. You know, especially back then. So it was. Either easy, probably easier to like be around more people in a smaller area, and it's making yeah. it a tighter. Community. New York has five Bostons inside, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a lot of, yeah, that is true. People over there, people over there, people over there, yeah. 
yeah, true. so to speak. I mean, I guess Staten Island, there's probably not much of a scene or something like that. But, you know, if you take Manhattan, it's got double the scene of triple or whatever than Boston, yeah. you know. So you, let's go back to that. So you had the possibility to make a 411 entry and the Joey Pepper trick. Have you gotten anything like that? Like you what? Well, I don't know how it just got sent on a tape or one of the 411 guys heard about it. I forget who was running four and one back then, and they just mentioned like they would they would put it as an opener. You know, I was like Joey, let's do it. You know, we want that like, five hundred nah. bucks. I think it was five hundred bucks you got for an opener. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, man. yeah. So I think I got forty from Aesthetics. Um, so yeah, I didn't. I didn't forty really, bucks. Yeah, yeah. You got like twenty twenty to forty dollars a clip or a line back then. It was very minimal. Like you couldn't you couldn't make any money as a filmer. Yeah. It was just a losing yeah. game. You know, it's a passion project at that point. Yeah. Man. Yep. I mean, I was lucky at DC. I got two thousand a month. I see that. Uh, that was, was, yeah, that was where you got like a retainer. You know uh, what I mean? But can, if you were trying to be a freelance <coughs> filmer and we can uh, jump to that yeah. and get paid off of clips, you're not. There's no way. Yeah. Even I don't even. Nowadays, what was your, I'm sure that doesn't even exist. What was your introduction to D- DC and getting yeah. involved with them? Um, like, how'd you land that? Word. So my last year at Emerson, um, I had another semester to go. <coughs> And I was trying to figure out what to do. I had just learned how to shoot 16 millimeter, so I was renting a Bolex from Emerson. And Greg Hunt was working at Transworld, and I sent him a couple Transworld clips. I think actually a backside flip of Jeremy Rogers down a gap was in the credits Forgot of one of those too. Transworld videos. And uh, I asked Greg. I said, you know, I'm going to be graduating in the spring. I said, do you know of any openings or anything where I could get out there and you know. Anything, any any skate film industry jobs, and he yeah. goes, actually, I'm just leaving Transworld to do the DC video, and I could use an extra filmer. That's that's crazy. Said, All right, um, he goes, send me a demo reel. So I sent him a reel, and he liked it. So he asked around a few people about it. Um, I remember he asked Giovanni Retta, and Retta vouched for me, I guess. That's dope. And, that's dope. Uh, and that was it. I got hired in like two weeks or so, and it was it was basically like, do I go back to school or do I go out there? I was like, this is only going to happen once. once. You know, I'm not going to get an opportunity to go work under Greg Hunt again. Yep. You know, the DC video is going to be done by the time I graduate. Exactly. So I took the semester off, went out there, um, got to have that experience for six months, and then came back and just took a couple classes in New York to finish, and yeah. then I was able to graduate. Again, we're talking DC at, like, the peak. Like, they're at the pinnacle at this point. Yeah. This DC, is what, Kalis, Wedding, yeah. Stevie... Deerdeck with the Gavon, yep. Robin Big. You were talking like a real impactful yeah. era of skateboarding right here. Yeah, I was very lucky to get involved in that at the time that I did. Damn. How long ben did England? you stay? Ben England was on too. Ben England, yeah. yep. Yep. Jeez. Stayed at his house when I first got out there. Was that like were those type of situations, was that kind of surreal? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, it, it was exciting. You know, I got out there and got to skate with all these guys um you know like growing up always seems so much older than you and then you realize i was pretty much the same age as them you know i think dyrdek's like five years older van england's like a year but you know when you when everyone's a pro skater at an early age you think they're a lot older you look up to them a lot more you know but yeah it was definitely cool i feel like your timeline matched up with your brothers too like he was on zoo yep but he was doing all these tours he was getting footage and mags you know, video, 
and you're doing the filming and everything. That's kind of crazy, man. Like, yeah, we were kind of doing the same thing on different, oh. different coasts at the time. Exactly. You know, exactly. We filming with RB back here. Um, did he ever come out to visit you out there? Yep. I did, did not know that. I yeah. mean, I figured you did, but I did not know he spent time with that. Encounter. Yeah, in the beginning, he came out. Um, remember, we were with um, Deerdick and Scott, his cousin. And we were skating a rail in Long Beach, and Brian tried to hurricane it. I think he hit his head or something. And I think that cut his trip early. Gotcha. Sucks. But he was out there. And then, oh, when we first went out, Brian and I went out together. We stayed at Supa's house. Nice. Stayed at Supa's house for like two or three weeks. And I don't think Supa realized that I was like being paid monthly to work for DC. So at the end of like two weeks, when Brian it was time for Brian to go home, and I was still kind of crashing there, figuring out where to live, Soup was like, "Dude, you can't stay here and <laughs> go film with these guys, you know." And yeah, I was like, yeah. "I work for like I can't, I have to, you, have you know, to, yeah. you know, that's how I'm getting paid, you know." Um, but anyway, it was just time. Obviously, I just overstayed my welcome, and then um, I just needed a place to go. So, so instead of finding an apartment, I was able to stay at Van Inglands for like a month, and then I got my own place. Damn. So you had a little early dill Van England. FA interaction there too, huh? Yeah, I remember one day we we went to um, God, I can't remember itself. Southern California spot names. What's the park where Ed Templeton? It's like really small. Talking about Huntington? Huntington Beach Park. Yeah, we went to Huntington Beach Park, and it was like um, with Ava and Dylan. You could tell all the kids were just like, you know, yeah, like everyone was like kind of awestruck. You know, that's crazy cool experience. Like you, because that's kind of where I, you know. Everyone grew up seeing them and stuff. Yeah. You're, I, I don't know. I know you, you're a humble person. You don't get too crazy about it or excited. But I'm sure you're in your head you're probably like, this is kind of fucking nuts, man. Like, Yeah. No, I thought I, it was cool. It was, I was – I was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting paid like, two grand a nah, month. Doug just showed just up like, I got film. a job to do. Yeah, All but right. like two grand a month just to film skateboards. Bro, like, I was very lucky. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. You're fortunate. I was that's cool by association, I guess, is like, what I would say back then. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> but you're already cool, but two grand a month back then. You were passionate as fuck, too, though, man. Yeah, man. No, Dedicated. I loved what I did. I worked yeah. like crazy. Yeah, no, I, I, I would always do whatever. I mean, I remember that Rob, at that time, didn't life. really want to skate so much professionally. He was really into, like, doing everything around skating more than skating because yep. he just knew he wasn't as good as everyone else and he couldn't put out the quality footage the caliber footage that everyone else was so that's kind of like where the skit came from too he's like i need to add something else in here yeah. that's gonna put that's me on par with the, van yeah. england doing yeah. all these crazy tricks you gotcha. know and danny way doing all the stuff he was doing and it made then. him a star the great wall you know, i mean that was before the great wall okay yeah so this was like the dc video is the beginning of all of that before burnquist did it you know that was it was before everything you know, it was like this at, really secretive thing. I didn't know about um, that was at Point X Skate Park or something out in the desert. I didn't know any of that was being built, any of that was happening. Greg didn't tell any anyone, like, till the absolute last month I got to go out there and shoot, shoot footage of it, you know, as an extra filmer. It was that private because nobody wanted to know it was going. Damn. So I didn't, I didn't get to go to that. I went to that one day. And I shot 16 millimeter. Like the only shot I have of that is like underneath it when he does the 360 in the credits. That's crazy. I have a 16 shot about, going yeah, over nuts. over my head on that. Um, and yeah, it was just really private. 
Now, you filmed Derek X whole part? Like, does that... Not the whole part. I mean, okay. no, I've, everyone's got different clips, but I filmed a lot of Derek's part because I was kind of... I guess Greg kind of said to, you know, he's like, get footage of Deirdre because he's having trouble getting footage. And you, you know, Van England's part was like practically done by the time I got there. Gotcha. I think I have like one trick or one line of him. Filmed a lot with Wenning because I knew Wenning from way back in the day, skating the banks and yep. everything, you know. Um, so, you know, it was really fun to just get to hang out and skate with him the whole time. And Ian Reed was out a lot. That's so crazy. Um, it's like you were away so from home, but you still have a little bit of like that New York home. In there. Yeah. Yeah, and then Ryan Gallant, I knew from Boston, yep. you know, so it was cool. That's um, fine. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a crazy transition or it wasn't, like, too crazy that I was thrown into that mix, you know, back then. Yeah. I definitely, like, But you were there people. for the early, I mean, it's the early incarnation of Robin Big, though, right? So that was the beginning, right? Yeah, Greg called. It was just, like, a skit they were going to do. Rob had the idea to be like wouldn't it be cool if we had security guards for the security guards you know <laughs> that's such a dope idea. No, it, it and, was hilarious too. it was legendary yeah yeah it was epic he's always a funny guy he was always <laughs> like yeah, until he had some kind of personality that everyone enjoyed being around it's not surprising he's made it where he's at where he has that's true. um so yeah greg called up a security company in san diego and they sent chris boykin and uh and that was it. And then Rob and him just kind of hit it off. Gotcha. You know. It's one of those things where like, you were filming, like, yo, this is some of the funniest shit I've seen. Well, <laughs> it started. Because watching it, <laughs> I was exactly. like, this is some of the funniest the, shit I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it, it happened very slowly and organically, I think, where they came up with that skit. So, you know, Greg really wrote the skit. And Rob, yeah, yeah. like, I was just kind of a filmer for it, you know. Gotcha. Um, but the first day in San Diego... Or there's like a red brick wall. I think that was like the first shots, and that was where they first kind of met. Mm-hmm. And they were just, you know, just became friends pretty quick and like yeah. genuinely were joking around. And that's dope, man. You know, I see them tackling the fucking one of the security yeah. guards. I, I was, was bugging, yeah. like <laughs> watching <laughs> that. And it spawned something fucking crazy. It spawned something epic, man, for those guys. Yeah, you know, it really they, did. They really did, yeah. man. It turned into something big. It took on a whole new life. Yeah, you know I mean, like Robin Big became like yeah. a fucking phenomenon. That shit turned into like clothing brands. Yep. And, oh man, yeah. it's just it's nuts. It, it was very nuts, man. Marketing shit behind it. So, and then you just mentioned Greg Hunt because Greg Hunt's a big deal when it comes to filming. And everything. Yeah, for sure. So, like, how was it? To, like, you were basically like his understudy. Yeah. Okay. So, how was it like to be like the understudy of one of the biggest filmers in skateboarding? It was cool. Um, and just get thrown into like. One of the biggest expected, anticipated videos of all time. Yeah, first, thanks to Greg Hunt like crazy. I mean, I got out there, he picked me up from the airport, gave me uh, a Suzu Rodeo basically off the bat to film with. I paid him for it, but yeah. he gave me a great deal on it. You know, set it up right away. Um, Is that your first time get, meeting him when you went into Cali? Or? First time meeting him. Yeah, I talked to him on the phone once when he was at, once or twice when he was at Transworld. You know, I remember him saying, like, you know, overexposed of anything, you can always bring it back down, you know, sort of thing. And uh, That's the one thing you learned? Yeah, I mean, one thing about pushing film is you can, like, push film a stop, and then you can kind of get more information or, you know. Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, lighting? Difference? Like, lighting, yeah. Like, if anything, overexposed rather than underexposed. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. You know? Yeah, um, I understand what you're saying. Try and get it right, yeah. you know. But if anything, he's like you can, pull, you can pull out more information out of an overexposed shot than an underexposed shot. Understand. Um, 
So yeah, it was the first time I met Greg. Uh, he picked me up from the airport. I remember we went straight to the movies and watched uh, Gangs in New York because he really wanted to see it. <laughs> and it was a beautiful day out, and it was the last thing I wanted to do was Ooh, go yeah, watch right? a matinee. <laughs> but, uh, but it was cool, you know, and then we just, like, just hung out and got food. And uh, and then, you know, over the next week, I slowly kind of got brought, you know, in, yeah. into filming and everything like that. So Did you have to sign like, a contract for them, or was it just one of those things? I don't think there was a contract. I don't remember signing the contract. Okay, but, so it was like, know. hey, we're just going to pay you two grand a month, and yep. that's dope, man. Yeah, and then uh, uh, as months went by, I even got, was able to like track the mileage on the car and everything. and So it worked out well. That's good. How well. long? So how long were you involved with DC? Yeah. Six months. Six months. Yeah. Now, from my understanding is that you started to have back troubles. That's why was the filming kind of... Actual, no, I never had no, back okay. trouble. Some, for some reason, I thought that. No, I just, um, once the video was over, um, I had a break to go home. And if I had a state, I would have to move. Uh, I got a place in North Hollywood in L.A. And then I would have to move to, to San Diego, and the job description would have changed. Oh. You know, the video was over. So it was like, there's still a place for you to stay here, but you're going to have to move to San Diego, and it's gonna, you're not just going to be like out filming skating all the time. Like what did you have to do? Uh, I don't know. I never, I never cared enough to stay. At like, that ah, point, I was like, well, if I'm not going to be out here filming skating and the video is done. I'm not going to be I'm out not, here. Yeah, I'm not uh, really trying to be in San Diego doing office stuff. I kind of like it up here in L.A. And, and then I also went back and, um, you know, they were filming for Vicious Cycle. Mm. And, you know, it's it just kind of felt good to be God. back in New York in That's the summer. It was early summertime back yeah. in New York. And it was yeah. like, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to go back. No you, know? you can't beat the vibes sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. let's talk about that, because you've been filmed a lot for Vicious Cycle, then. Mm -hmm. What's the percentage you would say you filmed that? I don't know. I died. Um, percentage I filmed a Vicious Cycle? I don't know, maybe a quarter. Okay. I had to guess off the top of my head. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. What are some say. of your favorite clips that you filmed in that? Um... I'd have to come back to the hill bomb. The hill bomb. Uh, that's, that's the thing I'm most proud of, I would say, would be filming the hill bomb. Cause Did you film that long ones? Or you had, that, I don't it was, remember it. It was fisheye. Okay. Yeah, it was fisheye. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say Like what I'm most proud of as a filmer. Um, or epic. Not necessarily proud, but like one that you're like, damn, I got that good. Because filming's an art. Yeah. Is, I mean, you just can't point the camera and get no. certain shit. And that's what I was... I, not to change that, but that's... What was the most challenging part of filming for you? Because, I mean, you you could you could people there's filmers that have fucked up dope tricks. Yep. Mm. Not the trick person, but just the way it looks. Like you remember one time he was like you didn't like the way you did a trick yeah, and how yeah. it looked. So what was the most challenging part? Do you remember or was it like or was it ever a shot where you're like ah oh, I didn't get that how I wanted to get it I'm not fucking using this. The most challenging part would be not getting Blayback's camera in my shot and not being in his shot. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, get out if of my the, shot. As far as the most stressful thing that I could think of <laughs> would be um, filming a clip. I think it's in the DC video. Rob does a pop, shove it, nose grind. 
and Blayback's camera's in the shot. And I remember Greg being mad at me because it's in there, but I remember like being so careful because Mike was going to be super pissed at me if, his, if my camera was in his <laughs> shot, you know? So as far as stressful, that's the only thing I could think of that was really stressful. Otherwise, filming was pretty much fun for me. It wasn't really stressful. I mean, figuring out a little an angle. challenging. Challenging, I guess, like figuring out, like, do I want to shoot this long lens or fisheye? Nope. Um, you know, stuff like that could be a little bit of a challenge. I got a question um, for you. And then I noticed Greg would yell at me uh, because I used to let, I, like, when people landed a trick, for some reason, I used to, like, let them ride out a frame. Yep. And he hated that. What do you want you to, like, pan down or pan you away? You just follow the, follow the camera, okay. you know, which I watch, like, different people's footage now, and I'm like, yeah, that was, like, really amateur of me to not follow it or not to like go to their face yeah. go to something you know like you see like, like Bill Strobeck's footage yeah it goes yeah. face feet face you know and that looks really good um and you know I just that that style could have been a lot better so I think I kind of got better at probably fisheye shots and pan and fast faster pans maybe mm, gotcha. but you know I don't know I don't think I was a uh, uh a groundbreaking filmer you're a you good know. filmer. Yeah, yeah. Great I think film. I got the job done. That's it, man. You know, get yeah. in, get out, man. Yeah. Question for you, because ski ball is something I'm good. Have you had the moment where you missed the trick and had oh to get the person to refilm it? Jesus. I remember recording a little late once. I forget what it was, but not really like missing too many tricks okay yeah i remember recording late and i think there was like one trick but i don't remember it being terribly important i can't remember who it was or if they did, did it again okay but so you never messed forgot up to hit before. record i think i reverse recorded something you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. you're, you're record, like, oh, i got everything but the trick <laughs> it happens, you know it happens. um oh, but I can't, I can't think of any examples now like when really like messed up that badly so let me ask you this question when you're like in like filming mode and somebody's actually battling this trick out or tricks or a line or whatever like you, you're hyped just as much as the person doing the trick but do you get like pressure like yo I can't mess this up like I got to actually catch this the way it needs to be caught yeah I mean I was just I would take it seriously Yeah, you know what I mean so I never felt like uh, I trusted my skill to get it and it's you're not very confident it's, in what you're it's, doing. It's yeah. a lot easier than the trick they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so I mean as long as you don't kind of become aloof. Yeah. Um, you know, and you kind of stick to like once you figure out uh I guess the I guess you could say the most stressful part would be like the skater being so good that they do the trick so fastly that you didn't figure out the best angle you could mm, get. That's right. You know what I mean? So sometimes you actually want someone to take, take a little bit of time so you could like test a fish angle versus a long angle. Gotcha. You know, but then at that point, it's like, you know, have you just just get there, figure out your shot. So that did happen to me once or twice where I didn't get the best shot. And so if I knew someone was going to be skating something before I got to skate, yeah. I might think about how I was going to film it. Now, and then I'd go skate with, you know, and enjoy until it was time to film. Gotcha. Now, were you able to be like, hey, you did that really quick. And can you give me another shot? Like, I want to try something else. Were you able to have like that rapport with somebody? I'd ask people sometimes, but people you know, just don't go for it. Some, yeah, you, you know how it is. Skating. Yeah. It's like you either want to do the trick again or you don't want to exactly. do the trick again. You know, the filmer's not really gonna. They're like, oh, you got it on. Determine whether someone does it again. Yeah, they're just you like, know? you got it on camera, right? Unless you really completely missed it, and you know, yeah. but yeah, then. Have you seen trouble. another filmer possibly miss something or like a photo being not caught properly? Not that I could think of. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, so we're at Vicious Cycle. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking like the younger blood of like the East Coast New York days. Yeah, and then you know Lurker Lou and Eli moved to New York, mm-hmm. so it was kind of the same crew from Boston and Zared. And you already had a reputation. With yeah, them. it was everyone I was skating with in Boston, so it was kind of like coming back to New York. It's kind of like the mix of Boston and New York, yeah, yeah. all in New York. It's crazy. Um, and so I didn't want to go back to Cali. Yeah. yeah. You had a lot of fun filming Vicious Cycle. Like that time was a good period for you. It was fun. Um, I had saved up some money from DC, and then Zoo never paid me because it wasn't technically a Zoo video. So I was a little bitter Jeez. about that. Yeah, I would but, be too. Yeah. But I spent. Didn't you know, they put their stamp on that? Three though? or four months doing that. Um, you know, and just, yeah, he's that. And, um, you know, driving around, skating in the city, skating with everyone. It was, you know, it was fun. There's a lot of but I was, clips in that. Yeah, yeah. Like, how did the relationship between, it's all through you, I'm assuming, like, Eli, your brother, Zared. All through me what? Like, from you being in Boston and Brian and coming up to visit you and meeting them, or, like, how did they all become, like, friends with each other? I mean, at some point they would have met, I'm sure. Um, but you're the catalyst for them all meeting. So Brian would have come up and stay with me. Yeah, and so that's how he met those guys. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, what was the deal behind Vicious Cycle? Was that something that. Because Zara just got on Zoo about that time. He was blowing up. Brian's been on. He was blowing up. I think he's actually just turned pro around that time. Brian didn't turn pro until Listen. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. So that was like an AM video for them at the time then. Okay, I thought yeah. Brian might have turned pro. Yeah, I don't think Zared was, was Probably not. Pro it was probably AM. Vicious Cycle. No, I think he was still AM. I think he turned pro after Vicious Cycle, gotcha. from what I remember. Gotcha, okay. So they're AM, East Coast AMs, two of the top East Coast AMs at the time. Put out this video. You got some footage you contributed to it. Like, how, what's your standpoint on that video? Like, how do you feel about that? I thought it was a great video. Solid. Yeah. That as far video as video-wise, cool. it was fine. That video was crazy. Behind the scenes, I was just mad that I didn't get paid because yeah. this is it. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. That's, that's fucked up. Yeah, you should have got some type of. Yeah. And their logo's on it, right? And they said it's not a, it wasn't a zoo video? It was a Triple C Productions Presents. What exactly is Triple C? I don't know. Some production company Zared made up. Okay. I don't think it ever had a thing. It was just like Triple C. All right, so like, he made it. It's like a crew that Zared had, like a Cape Cod thing or something. Gotcha. I don't. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. It was it was Zared's video though. So right. I think in the end, RB was like, "You want money? Go talk to Zared." Understand mm. that. Understand that. It's okay. Like that. RB get paid? Uh, I think RB was on retainer for Zoo. Okay. Yeah. All right. But now that's you, not a it's not a big deal. It's not you know, big deal. It's no, water no, no, no. under the bridge. I yeah. don't really care. You know, so that like was my know. only gripe. You know, especially at this point. But th- I didn't carry Zoo after that, just because. And then Zoo also got bought out by Echo, and then, and then Echo was using it that way. And yeah. It just kind of became to the point where Zoo wasn't Zoo anymore. You know, so when the skate shop opened in 2004, and Sleepy Hollow was the first Second Nature. Um. You know, there were Zoo boards in the beginning when Brian was still riding for Zoo. Yep. Um. And then, you know, slowly, just like after that video came out, and then it was, I guess I guess the shop opened. Man, when did Vicious Cycle come out? Two thousand two. Uh, is it two thousand two? I want to say three or four. Maybe bro. three or four. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was right around when the shop was opening. 
Yeah, so then that's why I was like carrying them and then didn't carry them because gotcha. I didn't get the check. So mm. it was right then. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say there. Gotcha. And then you were going to say a story about when uh, you were guys were in Cape Cod. Oh. Um, so the, f- the way Zared got on Zoo originally was Jeff left a message for him. And we were all in Cape Cod, and I just remember us making fun of, or Zara was making fun of how Jeff Pang was called it his mobile phone. It <laughs> just kind of stands mobile. out to me, and that was like that was like the message of of uh, of, of Pang telling Zara he was kind of getting on or wanted to meet him. Yeah. And then I think it was like that that weekend Zared went to New York and then he was on Zoo and then it was you know it was now, on from there he was the poster boy of Zoo from yeah, that point sure. on pretty much. For sure. Well, now. Was it fair to say that you and Brian had help with getting him on? Or he, the skills got him on, of course, but is it like, did you guys plug it? Yeah, I'd say Brian talked to Jeff and pushed Zared on and said how good he was and everything. Gotcha. And there's footage that I filmed that made it over that way and stuff. Gotcha. And the Hill Bomb is the one that stands out the most to you. The Hill Bomb or Vicious? He was probably on Zoo at that point. Like, yeah. but, oh, as far as the trick that I filmed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I come back to the Hill Bomb. What, like what else did you film with him? And Brian, like, because, dude, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to jump around right now. Okay. I was hyped when I saw you skating in Brian's part for the Transworld video. Oh, thank you. I was, like, super hyped. I was like, that's the way that shit has to be. Like, let's talk about that. Your brother gets a part in Transworld. You have tricks in it. You, you know, like, full circle type shit. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Jason Hernandez came out and filmed that part with Brian and... There was a week or two where, I don't know where we stayed. I guess it was down at the zoo place back then. I remember bombarding that or where everyone was living back then. I don't know. Because Let's it's, Do This was later. That was... Um, 2006, seven. I would think. Maybe eight. Yeah. Yeah, that was later. So I guess we were all back up here okay. in Westchester. Or at least I was. You, know, you, had, so. you had Second Nature running already, probably. Yeah, 2004. Opened October 16, 2004. Shit. In Sleepy Hollow. That's and great. then October 2007 in Mamaroneck. And spring of 2011 up here. Up here. In Peekskill. Peekskill. Yeah. Gotcha. So Jason Hernandez contacts Ryan. You guys are going to... At the time, you were more focused on the shop, I can assume. And then, like, how did you just end up being in there? Were you skating actively like that? Yeah, I was still skating. I guess after after I opened the shop, I still had my camera, and I filmed for a while, like two or three years. And I guess right around the time that Let's Do This came out, I wasn't really filming as much anymore because I was just filming, you know, I guess Jose would have been, Jose and Brian would have been like the best skaters at the time. But going from kind of filming skating as I was, you know, filming little Chris and everyone then at that point. That's a whole um, other topic. Um, I wasn't as I still liked filming but Armin kind of took over he I took guess. Over you know what I mean Armin was kind of filming more I was running the shop and so Yo. I wasn't filming as much and it wasn't as exciting to film um, kind of coming from what I was filming gotcha. you know to filming like this smaller shop stuff and yeah. then my role became um, more about running the skate shop and I, I was still out there filming and skating and stuff yeah. you know what I mean but I was I was more interested in trying to skate and be filmed a little bit That's you know it. being running the shop and, and stuff like that and, and Armin was there happy to film and 
Um, and Yo, shout out to Armin, man. Armin, is, Armin is the best. Armin is the, the best, best, man. Yeah. He's such a good dude, man. Yeah. Made all, edited all the videos, did a great job with them. They all have a good feel. You know, that's all him. Down. So, let's talk about. You got anything right now? No, no. I'm, I'm, go ahead, bro. All right. So, we're. We've jumped up a little bit. So, we're at Let's Do This. You got the Brian part. Second Nature's bumping. First shop. You got Sleepy Hollow. Talk about your first time you met Chris Pierre Jacques. Because I remember one of the times I met him, and he was like talking a mile a minute. Yeah. <laughs> hyper. <as fuck. laughs> super hyper. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Super hyper. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just um, so stoked on skating, though. But Lou Pierpoint was the first person to meet Chris, and he would skate with Shout Chris and too. a few of his friends. Yeah. Is he still around? Um, Lou's down south. Okay. He became uh, X ray tech. Nice. And then he was down in Nashville. I think he's in Nashville. Yeah. So crazy how doing the world well works. Because he's from our area. Yep. He grew. Oh up, yeah, yeah, yeah. He skated with Mata a lot. Yep. And then when he came down here, he met you guys, and then like, it's crazy. Sleepy yeah. Hollow is the one I did the skateboard ski video, right? That's the Josh, the Marinek, I believe. Well, Sleepy Hollow was a small, small location. Alright. Sleepy Hollow right. was three hundred and ten square feet. It was yeah. really small. Yeah. yeah. Mamaranac was the bigger one. Yeah. Where you had all the boards when you walked into the shop to the left, right? Yeah, yeah. Mamaranac was bigger. Mamaranac was almost eighteen hundred square feet. It's like six right. times the size of Mamaranac. Yep. Yeah. So that was a nice shop, uh, Mamaranac. Yeah, shop. it was good. Real oh, nice, bro. I that mean, was, I, that I layout only, was crazy. I bet. Bro. I can only imagine numbers on that but let's talk about chris man yeah i want to hear about the introduction man yeah oh so so, yeah lou lou escaped with chris um and then we opened the shop i remember like taking the lease the first day and i think he was skating across the street so he was already skating oh no he wasn't really skating he would skate lou's board okay and lou let him skate his board and like saw how he was like naturally good you know just like a cool kid yeah he was literally five years old Oh, um, shit. That's so crazy. Wow. Man, I got footage of it. I should put footage to this interview. It would make it so much cooler if I did do yeah. it. That would be dope. Um, especially now that I have it all. I could just like put it in as we're talking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, no. The first people that were across the street were Lee Swift and Kyle some of those kids i can't remember all their names will the, the kyle schoolyard, right? yeah the schoolyard i remember walking across the street to them be like i'm opening a skate shop over there and they were like kind of shrugged me off like okay who the hell is this dude? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know um, the legend and then uh <laughs> yeah anyway that shop opened and then chris you know chris grew up above the shop like literally above the shop so which is insane which is insane yeah it's like, really cool i've said it a couple times on the show i know skia said it like you guys changed his direction in life. I He's would nice. think. Yeah. Like his trajectory in life, you guys put him on something that has taken him very far. Timing. Yep. The timing told, was right for, the, timing, for that. Bro. Timing yeah. was right. right at the right time. And yeah. Yeah. And the influence. You guys had a, had a dope influence on a, on a young kid, man. Yeah. He was a great kid. Like, yeah. how was it explaining to his mom that your five-year-old son is going to come hang out with the grown men? Yeah, just kind of – I mean, he would skate across the street. He would be in the shop, and then – Lucy, his mom, you know, obviously met me and could trust me. Mm-hmm. 
And then he started coming on more and more trips, whether it was just the White Plains or whatever spot we were going to skate. He was always welcome to jump in the car. And then when we started going to the city, you know, I had to ask a little more. Yeah. I remember a couple nights, many nights, him coming home at like midnight when he was supposed to be home at 9 o'clock. Only reason he's getting away with it is because Lucy trusted me. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, would, she wouldn't even really get mad. No you doubt. Know? And it was also like, you know, he had, he had a decent home, but, you know, there's... Everybody has some trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But you like, yo, look where dude, he's at. Now. Look where he's at now. Yeah, he's doing great. It's doing crazy. Great. Look where he's at doing now. Great. It's crazy, super dope, man. Yeah, super dope. It's crazy. Man. He, w- w- he was here at the park. Uh, was it a year or two years ago? Probably two years ago. Two years he was ago, here. killing it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking kids throwing himself all over the place, yeah. and landing on his board. Yo. Yo, but uh, nice, not, not for nothing, bro. I'm gonna say he skated with some of the best, bro. Like, oh, yeah, look who we had like, around him. That's dude. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. You got yourself. Yeah, you got Brian. He got Jose. He's been around yeah. Montoya's, Gonzalez. He's been around a lot of the illest dudes, man. And his style is like, I I look at certain mannerisms that he does on a skateboard. Burton, I'm like, that's yeah. like Brian. Yeah, Burton. Can't forget about Burton. Can't forget about Burton. Yeah. yeah. But, Burton was a great influence on Chris. Yeah. 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 That's dope, man. Super dope, man. But Burton's such a big part of here, too. I know. Yeah. It's an integral part, man. Huge. Huge. Yeah, shout out the meatball head. <laughs> <laughs> we love Bert. Always no, saying Bert. he's coming yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. man. Bert these days, you will. Yeah, you yeah, will. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Dope, so, man. you know, and another thing, too, man, what – did you always have plans to do a skate shop? Like, you did the filming thing. What led to it, right? Yeah, like, what, what led, led to, to the shop? You it was like the filming was wrapped up or – Um. Was it just a pat? Yo, you seem like you seem like you're very calculated. Involved. Doug seems like he's very involved with like sharing his passion for skateboarding. I agree. You know what I'm saying? You can stop me when if if I'm wrong. And I like I've seen it here, with like how you interact with the with the children here and the people that come here, um, the events that you throw here at Second Nature Skate Park. So if I'm wrong, I feel like you opening the first your first few couple stores, right? Like you was like, yo, this would just be dope. Like to have something where people can come get real shit from somebody that really loves what the fuck is going on. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I think if you'd be crazy to open a skate shop or anything to do with skateboarding if you didn't love it. All right, cool. Yeah. I don't want. Or, 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 like, or you didn't know how to do math. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. You gotta know the numbers. Dude. Numbers. <laughs> That's real. Watch those numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely not something that you do for the money. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I think it's yeah, it was, you know, more about building spots and having fun, yeah. um, and creating uh, our little VFW, you know, that we had there, where no it was doubt. like everyone was just kind of hanging out. And, yeah. And that's what it is. So was it in the plans? Was it on your uh, vision board? Oh, to, okay. So leaving DC, you know, came back, was filming, figuring out what to do. Um, started thinking about the retail store, started writing a little bit of a plan. Um, I'm trying to remember how the plan came, came really came about. Um, I remember after DC was done, I got asked to go to film Robin Big at a Tony Hawk's Boom Boom Huck Jam in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember talking to Deerdick about doing a shop and trying to get him involved. I forget what he said. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of this because it makes me sound cool coming back to the DCU days. <laughs> nah. No, but <laughs> you've been cool. That's just what think, the things I just think about, like that being the shop and trying to think about doing it. And for some reason, I remember like him saying something about doing a national shop and it kind of working. Or, I don't know. I just remember talking about it. There. Like more of a bigger retail, like a Zoomies. And that shop? being when, yeah, like when I was thinking about doing a shop. Like mm-hmm. I guess, I guess because yeah, going to that. Tri- going on that trip was two months after I left DC, or maybe it was six months. I don't know. But just trying to figure out what I was gonna do, mm-hmm. and I guess slowly decided to open the skate shop. Well, I guess I came back and I was working in the city doing like MTV shoots and Martha Stewart shoots. Oh wow! And yeah. like doing weddings and was stuff Martha like that. Before the before, before the after, after DC, I came back from DC. <laughs> And I needed a job in addition to, you know, like I was filming for Vicious Cycle at yeah. the time. And so I just did, um, you know, I just, I just took a job at a company called CityCam. You know, I'd go in at like six in the morning and, you know, set up a van where we had like, you know, you had like the main cameraman, you had a, a sound guy, and then you had me. And I, I was like pretty much it. like the guy that drove the van, carried all the gear, like set up the it. equipment, made sure the camera had a battery, <laughs> set up the lights. And it was a lot of work. Yeah, you were like, I mean, yeah, like one day I had to like iron out a shirt for the person being interviewed, and like you know, it wasn't bad. I didn't. I I don't see that. It was. It was. It was a tough. You know, the the film industry is long hours and and pretty tough. You know, it's not like that hard of work, but it's long. I don't see it's long hours and a lot of waiting around. I remember hating it. I remember like having a panic attack. Like we were doing the apprentice wall street thing. There's all these people around. And that was one of the times where like you could barely move. And the camera guy was like, I need a battery. I had to like go out and get a battery. And that was kind of one of the last things I could deal with. Cause I didn't like the huge crowds of people. Yeah. And then waiting around, like I want to either do the work and go home. Yep. I don't want to like do the work, sit around for three hours, do more work. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that after a certain time. Yeah, I don't see you being fulfilled by something like that. No, it was it was a lot. It was cool experience for a little bit. I mean, the only thing that was really cool was like I got to meet Walter Cronkite. We did an interview oh, with him, so tight. that that was kind of cool, you that's know. Tight. But like besides that, you you know, random little celebrities or stuff, and being in that like set up but you know all that stuff kind of gets old did you capture like the Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg moment no no that (laughs) was that was before this right before she went to jail actually one of the reasons I stopped working for City Camp was they lost half their they lost like maybe not half but close to half of their business when she went to jail because they were City Camp was shooting the whole show for Martha Stewart so that kind of I didn't lose my job I still have plenty of work to do but it kind of made it where the company wasn't on the same caliber. Yeah. And um, I don't know, the company wasn't doing as good. Got and then the skate shop started to take off. And so I did that. And then it's like, if I did a wedding shoot for a guy up here or filmed a dance recital even, <laughs> I made a lot more money than I did going down to the city. Whatever works. So I would take those random jobs and then I started doing more stuff with the skate park. But then it became to the point where uh, I was just at the skate shop more. You know, and then there was less to do, and then, you know. Gotcha. Let me ask you this yeah, question. Do you feel like, I mean, it's business at the end of the day, but do you feel like it was easier for you to get certain things in the shop, having certain connections you had, and your brother's connections as well? It took us a while to get Nike, but, it, but back then in 2004, it yeah. was like um, there was no one around. 
you know. So yeah. so yeah, we definitely had a lot more clout like, and so all that type of stuff. Yeah, like yeah, board we could get stuff. whatever we wanted. Gotcha. You know, we weren't kind of like locked down to to not getting anything like it is now. There's also less exclu- ex- exclusivity now now than there was less exclusivity than yeah. there is now. Yeah. Um. So you know, less skate shops. Everything was smaller. The whole industry was a lot smaller. Um. But it still took us a little bit to get Nike. We had to prove that we had all these other little accounts, you know, and then we got Nike in its heyday, and then the dunks blew up, yeah. and Sleepy Hollow had lines out the door, and then opened open the Maranek. And, and even that, it was like then Sleepy Hollow lost a lot of its luster, yeah. you know, as the Maranek got there. And so anytime you open a second store and do this, it's like... I remember a couple of years, I'm like, man, if I just kept Sleepy Hollow with the low overhead and the high numbers we were doing out of that small place, yeah. you know, yeah. business-wise, it was kind of a better thing. But you always want to expand. Want to expand, you know. So that was the total reason why you why you went to open up a second shop because you wanted to expand. Marinette, yeah, well, it was also like, I remember like Dylan, James, and Paul Tucci and all those guys, like they were young. It was hard for them to get up this way. And it just seemed like looking at a map, you know, you'd see Sleepy Hollow here and Mamaroneck over here. And then, like, you could put one up where we are now in Peekskill and mm-hmm. totally have three shops in Westchester. And it would work, yep. you know, especially as the scene was growing. But trying to manage different shops and have an inventory here and there. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And you never do, you're never going to do there, three there things as well as you're going to do one. It's true. You know? Yeah. Well um, And so all that stuff. And in the end, I'll come back to a business quote I heard the other day: "Is revenue is vanity and profit is sanity." <laughs> and uh, and there's definitely a truth to that That's too. Where you true. know it's 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 vanity to open three places and be like, "Yeah, run three stores. Run it's three great." Stores. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but are you making any money? Yeah. Or you got a lot of headaches. Exactly. How many to- how many stores did you uh, open up in total? 2004 Sleepy Hollow, 2007 Maranek, 2011 here, um, Skate Time 209. Mm-hmm. We did that little pop-up in there. Yeah. And then Brooklyn Bushwick with Turk yes. for two yeah. years, which and was that. in between in between how all that, you, too. How many did you have all at once? Like um, skate Time was before Brooklyn, so yes. you could say there was four if we counted that that I was really running but then Brooklyn was like it was Turk Turk. like I helped build it out in the beginning with them Mm -hmm. and I go down there once in a while but that was all Turk you know that was all Turk yeah I like the setup there yeah he did a great job he did a real good job I never never was never able to get down there but again again um, shout out shout out to Turk we were talking off off like we were eating that delicious pizza about like the the gear and shit like you guys had some dope shit in store man I'm, I like I like nice shit. Like I like shit that looks dope. Whether I'm gonna skate in it or just wear it, if I can do both, it's a plus. You guys always carry dope gear. Yeah, yeah, always, man. Uh, you know, you guys asked me this the other day at a mixture, mm-hmm. so I'll get into the story a yeah. little bit. The reason I had did I was so good or seemed like I was good at retail at that time was I had the cleaner. So when we first got Nike, there was too much. I could talk about all this because I don't know Nike count anymore. Into it, <laughs> yeah. right? So when we first got Nike, maybe it was like 2008 or 2009, I started getting over-inventoried and get started getting backed up because Nike makes you take, back then at least, I don't know if they still do, 
to get a pair of dunks, you had to order two pairs of another shoe, right? Yeah. So you wanted to get as many dunks as you could. So you'd order all of these other shoes to keep getting these dunks. Shit and these rules changed, wants. right? So someone might listen might be like, oh, that didn't happen. Like, well, at one time it did. Well, right? when you're early in the game, yeah, that's yeah. what happened. At one time, that was kind of the rule. And it was, I forget if it was pre-book or at once. I think it was, it was even both. And then based on your orders is how many quick strikes you get. And it's a smart model for Nike, of course, because, yep. you know, they're, they're pushing more, stock. Product, more and more product. You know, they're making money on the volume. And so anyway, start getting over inventory. My Nike rep gives me a guy to call to get rid of the stuff because Nike's never going to take it back. Okay. So get this, rid of the stuff. This guy is called the cleaner? We'll call him the cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> cleaner. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he starts taking taking product and then like right away he's like well let me add on to your pre-books i'll give you you know 15 20 percent on top of your pre-books hard thing to say no to it's just like just guaranteed easy money that's also putting my discount structure higher so i'm getting product lower right it's all this economy of scale so now now i got all this product coming through my store now i don't have to really be so scared because i can get rid of it mm-hmm. if i can't get rid of it making money i can get rid of it at cost or say 15 percent below cost which you know is still great so, sometimes you see these sales retail stores have they're losing money on the product just yeah. trying to get rid of it and at one point you had crazy ass sales crazy sales like on shoes crazy sales yeah because it well you know there was a point where we were doing there was a year where i did almost as much out the back door as it did out the front door and a front door number was good <laughs> because you know we were cycling fucking crazy shoes and yeah. we were cycling through inventory at twice the rate of any other oh, shop yes because we had a way to get rid of it mm-hmm. so we were able to have this massive selection you know that allowed retail to do better numbers and then have this back-end business that allowed everything to stay clean so after a while i started doing it with oakley and nixon and you know the gray market business became a business of its own and that's one of the reasons why i probably didn't do e-commerce as much as because i'm moving all this volume out the back door you can't inventory it quick enough it didn't make sense either and the internet was a lot harder to do now you know shopify didn't exist um so it was a lot of work to sell online and not as necessary um so in the end oakley tracked a barcode that went oakley's a part of nike correct no oakley's different okay um so Oakley tracked a barcode that went through my store to a mall in Singapore, and this the mall in, this authorized store in Singapore complained to Oakley that the unauthorized store had better product than they did. So when they tracked it back to my store, they brought a lawsuit against me. Holy shit! I did not dude. know that. Yeah, and then uh, that was all fine, but what happened was that lawsuit got pushed to the cleaner. He told me to. I would have protected him. Um, and I paid like a couple grand and got out of it. They would have never won it because you can't really prove damages on a gray market lawsuit because mm-hmm. you're just buying product and making the company money. So they'd have to prove that they could make more money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's never been, never been. There's no like legal concern there. It's more yeah. like a breach of contract concern. But the cleaner was willing to take that. Yeah, he took it. And then I don't know what happened to him. But basically that whole relationship got. <laughs> the cleaner disappeared. disappeared. The cleaner got clean. He's still, he's still. <laughs> I'm sure he's still he still did he's fine. Still he was smart. Is he you still know? think he's still cleaning? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? That's great. Long time ago. So um so that kind of ended like that level of my business. So now I got pre books, which are eleven months out with Nike. Come and do. 
I'm going to do some trying to cancel orders, trying to cover orders. Long story short, uh, it's right before this place. Yeah. No, it was after this place. But anyway, I used a lot of Nike's credit line and all that stuff to build this place. Gotcha. And uh, and then I filed a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. With Nike. Personally. I was personally guaranteed. So I had to like close down the companies, restructure them, and then over the next three years pay off a fraction of what I owed to your main Nike, yeah. Chase, and right. Amex or something I had it with. Something like that. I did yeah. not know that. And that's yeah. a smart business move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you could say I cheated to get here a little bit. No. It's business, <laughs> bro. But see, I'm happy you cleared this because I was under the assumption that Oakley was in substitute of Nike and you were getting got caught. No, Oakley was just like a good, you know, the frog skin sunglasses were just hard to get. Gotcha. So I thought you something got caught that up with Nike. Oh, no, frog skin just kind of se- sold like dunks gotcha. in that in that kind of, you know. Now, is there any truth to this? I don't. Again, I heard it was like something to eBay. They tracked it through eBay. Yeah, I had another guy. So there was like there was one cleaner, and then the other cleaner was an eBay sales guy. And he was he was in Brooklyn, so I had got two it. guys that would do it. You yeah, know, a lot of cleaners. And then they got yeah. into snowboard. Yeah, and then there was like another like little shop. You know, people would come up like the flight club guys when we first opened would come up and buy dunks. See. You know what I mean? So you'd have those guys coming like, hey, let me get ten pairs of this. Yep. So when you had a Nike account back then, it was like. You're on top. You were like, yeah, dude. It was a big deal. Shit, and this is the thing. It was a big deal. This was before dunks became dunks. Yeah. And Nike at the time, Nike was probably unsure how well the dunk was gonna do. Bro. And now look at it. Yeah. Because I fell in love with him the fucking minute I saw him. Yeah. So then I saw what you had, and I was like, oh shit. So let me ask you this. I don't know if it's a personal, if it's a question to ask when I ask it. Um, how's your rapport with Nike? Do you just choose not to carry it? No, I, I don't think they'll open us anymore. After um, after the account got... Actually, well, the funny thing with Nike is when we were in, over-inventoried and I was trying to get them to help, too, with the credit line, it was like, first they pushed me... The rep pushed me to the cleaner. And then when our credit line was too high and I was like, I don't think we're going to make it payments next month, you know, because we always had this revolving credit, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh, well, we can increase your credit line. You know, it wasn't like, okay, how do we actually fix this yeah, issue? We're just going to increase no, We'll just increase your credit line. Just want you, pick it, you know, pick so when that when that happened, it was kind of like, all right, like, there's no way I'm getting out of this anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm too far in the hole. You're married to the mob. There's too much Basically. stuff. It's like, and, and, and that's what I heard, too. I started talking to some other people, and they're like, yeah, you're not, like, you're going to have to file eventually. <laughs> so I mean, it was better, late, like, sooner than later, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you kind of see the writing on the wall, and it's like you're kind of into this hole. And um, and that's what would there be a way to get out of it? It's I don't know. I guess I guess so, but it's like at some point it gets it gets a little bit too far. Yeah, you know? got you. Now was, at that time you had Sleepy Hollow, or was it just Maranek? Sleepy Hollow, Maranek, Skate and Time in Brooklyn. Man, I don't know. Brooklyn really was the last. Write, shop, have to write right? like a timeline down all this stuff a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Brooklyn was the last. Brooklyn, Brooklyn would be the last shop yeah. to be opened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, last shop to be opened, and I don't want to say it was the first shop to be closed. I mean, Skate Time would be open, and closed, but Skate Time yeah. was just like it was pop up. It was like a winter thing, you know yeah. what I mean? It was like, okay, cool. There's this space here. Utilize Let's go it. see what's gonna work. It had a lot yeah. to do just with testing like, the waters. The location out there was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, and that was kind of when I first started hanging out with Burton again and Turk, and really met Turk. 
and uh and he he helped with that a lot too mm-hmm. you know and then those guys moved down and then really started working here yeah um, so yeah skate time was just like a brief like yeah you could really call it like a three-month pop-up shop more than anything uh, else so gotcha. we don't really, really, really count that one yeah um yeah, let's talk about on. let's talk about henry's yeah and the influence of henry's in your journey to actually have a skate shop like Henry's, for those that don't know, you want to explain a little bit, Doug? Yeah, we grew up going to sports boutique on Central Ave in White Plains, and Henry ran this like eclectic sports gear everywhere. You know, there were like all these like jerseys and all types of stuff. And Henry was just the best guy. Everyone that went in there, you know, he knew enough about skateboarding. Really smart, humble guy fastest could grip board faster than anyone really? we always <laughs> joked about having like a contest with him gripping boards you know <laughs> um and he just understood skating and i don't know if he ever really skated he never knew how, he would never tell you how old he was he never wanted anyone to take his picture um, it's like animal chin bro yeah yeah he was animal chin. we always joked he was animal chin that's so that was dope, like the bro. thing he's always like I, like I told you earlier like Vinny rafa was like saying i learned a lot from henry and Vinny yeah. is you know Vinny rafa yeah i mean so I was like, damn, this, and I'm not too sure, but I was like, I know that Brian and Doug, that's their dude that they went to. I know mm-hmm. he worked at a couple of your shops. Incredible. Like, yeah. I made it, uh, I snuck a photo of him once and I made it, uh, Animal Chin, have you seen him with his photo? Funny. And I showed it to him to try and make it. No, no, no. He was, <laughs> he was like, we're not putting that out. Fuck, guys, a fugitive? <laughs> hey, <laughs> must, right? And we got warrants and shit. We got warrants. <laughs> but yeah, go into more detail about him, man. That's like, yeah, he was great. You know, I mean, he was just like, just always. I don't know what to say about Henry. He was just, everyone that know him. You just know he's just like so, humble, kind-hearted, great guy. Always giving away more than he had. Gotcha. You know, just kind of like you needed a board. He just he just always helping everyone out, trying to keep everyone skating. Gotcha. You know, and just came from humble beginnings himself. Came from the Philippines, you know, and just came out here with nothing. And. um you know, started that small sports sports store with his brother, and skaters kind of flocked to it. And so he kind of became that's dope. More of a skate shop. I would say he was like half half his stuff was skateboarding at the end. Really? You know, what year did he shut down uh, his doors? Hmm. When Two years before we opened. No, it was <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, it was probably like a year. Oh, Maybe yeah. a year before it was so two thousand three. He kept it Yeah, yeah. How stoked was he when he found out like the road that skateboarding took in your brother? He was always proud of Brian and where he went. Yeah, he always. You know.